You are welcome to another episode of People's Bite. We have been on a journey of peoples. In our previous episode, we looked at the secrets of cultivating friendship with God. We considered two secrets, constant conversation with Him and continual meditation. In this episode, we are continuing with that friendship with God. How we can develop our friendship with God. The Bible recorded in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 32. I'm still reading New Living Translation. He offers his friendship to the godly. And in James chapter 4 verse 8, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. So you are as close to God as you choose to be. God deserves our friendship. God requires our friendship. Like any friendship, you must work at developing your friendship with God. It won't just happen by accident. It takes desire, it takes time, and it takes energy. If you want a deeper, more intimate connection with God, you must learn to honestly share your feelings with Him. You must trust Him when He asks you to do something. When it doesn't make sense, you must learn to care about what he cares about and desire his friendship more than anything else. You must choose to be honest with God. That is how you can develop your friendship with him. The first building block of a deeper relationship is complete honesty. If you are not honest with your friend, you won't have a deeper relationship with such a friend. Same goes with God. God desires our complete honesty. With our feelings, God does not need you to make up. God doesn't require you come to him to say what you ought to say or to think what you ought to think. Rather, what God wants is for you to say what you feel and to think what you feel. God requires complete honesty about your thoughts and your feelings. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he does insist on complete honesty. None of God's friends in the Bible were perfect. If we take a look at the lives of some of God's friends in the Bible, if perfection was a requirement for their friendship with God, of course, we would never be able to be his friends. Fortunately, because of God's grace, Jesus is still the friend of sinners. Like in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 19. J. 
Jesus made us to know that he is the friend of sinners. The friends of God in the Bible were very honest about their feelings, often complaining, guessing, accusing, and even arguing with their creator God. God, however, didn't seem to be bothered by their frankness. He encouraged it. God allowed Abraham to question and even challenge him over the destruction of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham pestered God over what it would take to spare the city. He negotiated with God down from 50 righteous people to only 10. If he had continued to one, God would have also spared, probably spared Sodom and Gomorrah. But because he stopped at 10, he said, "If what if you find 10 righteous people? God said, I won't destroy it. He stopped there. So you see, God also listened patiently in the process of his negotiation. God did not get angry. God desires our complete honesty with him. Honesty with your fault. Honesty with your feelings. God also listened patiently to David's many accusations of unfairness, betrayal, and abandonment. God did not slay Jeremiah when he claimed that God had tricked him. Hmm. Job was also allowed to vent his bitterness during his ordeal. And in the end, God defended Job for being honest. And he rebuked Job's friends for being inauthentic. You can find that in the Bible. God said, you haven't been honest either with me or about me. Not the way my friend Job has. My friend Job will now pray for you and I will accept his prayer. Now, in one startling example of frank friendship, in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, from verse 1 to 17, God honestly expressed his total disgust with Israel's disobedience. He told Moses that he would keep his promise to give the Israelites the promised land. But he wasn't going one step further with them in the desert. God was fed up and he let Moses know exactly how he felt. Now, you know, Moses started speaking to God as a friend of his. Hmm. I could put it this way. Moses told God, God, you see, you remember you told me we are going to lead these people? But you didn't tell me who we are going with or you're sending me someone. If we are special to you, or I, Moses, if I'm special to you, then let me into your plans. Don't forget, this is your people. It is your responsibility 
If your presence doesn't take the lead here, then call this trip off right now. You can imagine. How else will I know that you are with me in this? With me and your people. God, are you traveling with us or not? So if your presence doesn't go with us, we are not going anywhere. That is complete honesty with his feelings. Can God handle that kind of frank, intense honesty from you? Genuine friendship is built on disclosure. Now, what may appear as audacity, God views it as authenticity. God listens to the passionate words of his friends. He is bored with predictable cliches. Now, for you to be God's friends, you must be honest to God, sharing your true feeling, not what you think, or what you ought to feel or say, like I said earlier. It is likely that you need to confess some hidden anger and resentment at God for certain areas of your life where you have felt cheated or disappointed. Until we mature enough to understand that God uses everything for good in our lives, we have a resentment toward God over our appearance, our background, even unanswered prayers, past hurts, and other things we would change if we were God. People often blame God for hurts caused by others. Bitterness is the greatest barrier to friendship with God. Why would you want to be God's friend if he allowed this? Now the antidote is to realize that God always acts in your best interest, even when it is painful and you don't understand it. Because the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11 that the thought I have for you is thought of good. So God needs you to be honest with your feelings and your thought and for you to see that everything that comes your way is for good. Even when it is hurtful, painful, when you don't understand it. God requires you to completely trust him. That is the sign of developing your friendship with him. God wants you to release your resentment. Relieve it. Reveal your feeling. Because it's the first step of healing. So, just like so many people did in the Bible, tell God exactly how you feel. Now, for God to instruct us in candid honesty, God gave us the book of Psalms. If you look at the book of Psalms from the beginning, chapter 1 to the last chapter, is a worship manual, it's full of ranting, it's raving, you see doubts, fears, resentment, deep passions, even combined with thanksgiving, praise, statements of faith. In fact, every possible emotion you can think of is cataloged in the book of Psalms. 
So when you read the emotional confessions of David and others, realize this is how God wants you to worship him, holding back nothing of what you feel. You can pray like David, as in the book of Psalms 142, verse 2 to 3. I'm reading the first line. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles, for I am overwhelmed. It's very encouraging to know that all of God's closest friends, like I mentioned, Moses, David, Abraham, Job, and the rest, had birds without. But instead of masking their misgiving with pious clutches, they candidly voiced them openly and publicly, expressing their true feelings. So expressing doubt, sometimes God could even look at it. But remember, when you have doubts about God's true nature of ability, the Bible says, let that man not think you will receive anything from him. So for you to be intimate with God, you need to completely trust him. You need to completely trust him. I repeat that. Complete trust and honesty God requires from you. Another point we look at, God wants you to obey him in faith. So for you to cultivate, for you to have a deeper relationship or friendship with God, you must choose to obey him in faith. So every time you trust God's wisdom and do whatever he says, even when you don't understand it, you deepen your friendship with him. We don't normally think of obedience as a characteristic of friendship. Sometimes it's reserved for relationship with a parent or the boss or a superior officer, but not a friend. That's the way we view obedience. However, Jesus made it clear that obedience is a condition of intimacy with God. In the book of John, chapter 15, verse 14, the Bible says in New International Version, You are my friends if you do what I command. Did you see that? So obedience is a sign of friendship with God. Jesus called us his friends. So why those close companions had special privileges? They were still subject to the king and had to obey his commands. Because if Jesus called us friends, he could refer to the friends of the king in a royal court. But those friends of king in a royal court, as close as they are as companions, they have some special privileges. Even as as their friends, they are still subject to the king and they obey his commands. So we are friends with God, but we are not his equals. He is our loving leader and we follow him. We obey God, not out of duty or of fear or compulsion, but because we love him 
and trust that he knows what is best for us. We want to follow Christ out of gratitude for all he has done for us. And the closer we follow him, the deeper our friendship becomes. Unbelievers often think Christians obey out of obligation or guilt or even fear of punishment. But the opposite is true. Because we've been forgiven and set free, we obey out of love. And our obedience brings great joy. Jesus told us in the book of John chapter 15 from verse 9 to 11, I'm reading the New Living Translation. Jesus said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So you notice that Jesus expects us to do only what he did with the Father. His relationship with his Father is the model for our friendship with him. Jesus did whatever the Father asked him to do. And it was out of love, not compulsion. So true friendship is not passive. It acts. It's active. When Jesus asks us to love others, help the needy, share our resources, keep our lives clean, offer forgiveness and bring others to him, it is love that motivates us to obey immediately. We are often challenged to do great things for God. But I tell you, God is more pleased when we do small things for him out of loving obedience. Others might not notice it. It's possible they may be unnoticed by others. But God notices them and considers them as act of worship. Great opportunities sometimes may come once in a lifetime. But small opportunities surround us every day. Even through such simple acts as telling the truth, being kind, encouraging others, we bring a smile to God's face. There was an episode we talked about making God smile, what we do to bring smiles on God's face. You can go back to that episode again. God treasures simple acts of obedience more than our prayers, more than our praise, more than our worship, more than our offerings. And that is why in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, What pleases the Lord more, burnt offerings and sacrifices, or obedience to his voice? It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Jesus began his public ministry at the age of 30. During his baptism, God spoke from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So what had Jesus been doing for 30 years that God gave such so much pleasure? The Bible says nothing about those hidden years except for a single phrase you can find in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 51. The Bible recorded that he went back to Nazareth with them 
and lived obediently with them. That is his parents. That means for 30 years before the baptism of Jesus, because when Jesus baptized, when John baptized him, during the baptism, the heaven opened and God spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, what I'm trying to say here is before that time, what has Jesus been doing before that 30 years that gave God so much pleasure that he has to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What made God pleased with Jesus before then? The Bible didn't talk much about that, except in that Luke 2 verse 51, where we were told that he went back with them, that is his parents, and he lived obediently with them. So 30 years of pleasing God were summed up in two words, lived obediently. So when we obey God, we are developing friendship with him. Another way we can develop our friendship with God, we can claim we are God's friends, is when we choose to value what he values. You know, there's a saying we all have, tell me your friend and I will tell you who you are. So you can't say that you are not a thief and you are following a thief because you will value what your friend values. Otherwise, there will be a conflict of interest. So if we choose to become God's friends, we must have to value what God values. This is what friends do. They care about what is important to the other person. The more you become God's friend, the more you will care about the things he cares about grieve over the things he grieves over and rejoice over the things that bring pleasure to him paul is the best example of this god's agenda was his agenda and god's passion was also his passion you know the bible recorded that the thing that has me so upset is that i care about you so much this is the passion of god burning inside me David also felt the same way. David said, the zeal or the passion for your house burns within me. So those who insult you are also insulting me. Oh my God. Did you just get that? So what does God care about most? The redemption of his people. He wants all his lost children found. That's the whole reason Jesus came to earth. So the dearest thing to the heart of God is the death of his son. The second dearest thing is when his children share that news with others. So to be a friend of God, you must care about all the people around you whom God cares about. So friends of God tell their friends about God. That is what gave birth to people's bite. As we are sharing the good news with you, so you also go out there and share this broadcast with others. When you are doing that constantly, consistently, you are developing your friendship with God. So another way we can develop our friendship with God is you must desire him more than anything else. Remember, the more you become God's friend, the more you will care about the things he cares about. So you must have to desire God 
more than anything else. The book of Psalms are filled with examples of this desire. David passionately desired to know God above all else. If you read Psalms from the chapter 1 of it to the last chapter, David used words like longing, yearning, thirsting, hungering. He craved God. The thing he recorded that the thing I seek most of all is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. That is David, passionately desiring God. You can also find that in the book of Psalms 27 verse 4. Now, in another psalm, in the book of Psalms chapter 63 verse 3, he said, your love means more than life to me. Jacob's passion for God's blessing on his life was so intense that he had to wrestle in the dirt all night with God, saying, I will not let you go unless you bless me. But do you know the amazing part of that story is that God, who is all-powerful, let Jacob win. God isn't offended when we wrestle with him because wrestling requires personal contact and brings us close to him. It is also a passionate activity and God loves it when we are passionate with him. Paul was another man passionate for friendship with God. Nothing mattered more. It was the first priority, his total focus, and ultimate goal of his life. And that is the reason God used Paul in so many great ways. So many great ways God used Paul. The Amplified Version of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, it expresses the full force of Paul's passion. Please, you can read that the Amplified Version of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. The Bible says, My determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. The truth is, you are as close to God as you choose to be. The choice is yours. Intimate friendship with God is a choice, not an accident. You must intentionally seek it. Do you really want it more than anything? Just like when a man is wooing a woman that he wants to marry. The man is intentional about it. When a woman is in love with the man she wants to marry, she is intentional about it. Do you really want it? More than anything, anything else? What is it What to you? Is it worth giving up other things? 
Is it worth the effort of developing the habits and skills required? You may have been passionate about God in the past, but you've lost that desire. You don't have to give up. That was the problem of the Christians in Ephesus. They had left their first love. They did all the right things, but out of duty, not love. So if you've just been going through the motion spiritually, don't be surprised when God allows pain in your life. Pain is the fuel of passion. It energizes us with an intensity to change that we don't normally possess. I came across a quote by C.S. Lewis that said, Pain is God's megaphone. Wow. It is God's way of arousing us from spiritual lethargy. Your problems are not punishment. They are wake-up calls from a loving God. God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. Madly in love with you. And he will do whatever it takes to bring you back into fellowship with him. But there is an easier way to reignite your passion for God. Start asking God to give it to you and keep on asking until you have it. You can pray this prayer throughout your day. Dear Jesus, more than anything else, I want to get to know you intimately. When you get serious about finding God and want it more than anything else, you will not, not be disappointed. I tell you, you will not be disappointed. The Bible recorded in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. God told the captives in Babylon, When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. So your most important relationship is having relationship with God. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, more important than developing a friendship with God. It's a relationship that will last forever. So it doesn't matter if you have lost your first love. Remember that God is still in the business of giving people a fresh start. Paul told Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21. I'm reading the first line. Some of these people have missed their most important thing in life. They don't know God. Did you see that the most important thing in life is to know God? Have relationship with Him. Have you been missing out on the most important thing in life? You can do something about it starting from now. Remember, it's your choice. Do not also forget that you are as close to God as you choose to be. Before I end this episode, I would like you to ponder on this. You are as close to God as you choose to be is your choice because when you draw close to him he will draw close to you
So, the choice is yours. Just like James said in James 4 verse 8. Now, what practical choices can you make today in order to grow closer to God? Remember, constant conversation with Him, continual meditation, complete honesty with your thought and your feelings. Choose to obey Him. Choose to trust Him, have faith in Him. Value what He values. Desire Him more than anything else. By so doing, you develop strong friendship with God and He will be close to you as you choose to be. I still remain your presenter. Favor, Ebere, Neji. Do not forget that a journey shared is the best journey. We are on this journey together, fulfilling our purpose here on earth. God requires you to tell others about him. Just like you tell others about your friends, please tell others about him by sharing this broadcast, share it with people in your contact, spread it abroad, oh man. When you do so, you are fulfilling purpose. See you in our next episode.